This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Do Grief Differently, my 12-week in-person or online program that helps grievers who have suffered any type of loss to feel better. In Do Grief Differently, you learn new tools, education, and a method you can utilize the rest of your life. In this program, and with my guidance, you remove the pain of grief. The sadness will always be there because even in complicated relationships, we love but it's the pain of grief that keeps us stuck. Are you ready to do grief differently? Check out my website, www.theunleashedheart.com to learn more. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Grieving Voices. This is going to be a continuation from last week's episode where I'll be talking about skills and personality type as they relate to what's called the UMAP. If you did not listen to last week's episode where I talk about the UMAP more in depth, like an overview, and the first two pillars I cover more in depth, um, strengths and values, then I highly recommend you go back to that episode because it's going to lay the foundation for what I'm going to cover today. So today we're going to be talking about skills and personality type. And Skills are important to know just because, you know, we might think we know what we like to do or we definitely know what we don't like to do, but um, just because we are good at something doesn't mean we like doing it or enjoy doing it or just because we think we might like something and then we actually go do it, that might not be the case either. Um, We can actually be really good at something too and not enjoy it and then overuse that skill, and then it becomes what's called a burnout skill. And so it's very important to discern for ourselves what our most preferred and least preferred skills are, because we can really hone in on opportunities that may come our way. Um, We can refine a resume or an application or things like that, organizations or anything, even even volunteering, we can apply this knowledge about ourselves to these opportunities and make a more informed decision as to if that opportunity is really for me. And again, this is one aspect of the UMAP. Strengths also plays a role. And what you value is huge as well. Because if you are working for a company that lacks integrity, but you are integrity is very important to you, probably not going to be very happy in that work environment. So anyway, today skills, we're going to talk about skills and skills are the abilities and expertise 
that contribute to an individual's capacity to perform competently in a role, and those skills are usually portable across many jobs. Um, according to Corn Ferry International, 85% of skills are transferable from job to job, and many people don't even realize how their skills can transfer to a role they haven't even held in the past. Um, I th- we see this a lot with veterans, um, military people, personnel, often find themselves in law enforcement. Now, you wouldn't think that someone who was in the military, like myself, let's say as a medic, would end up in, you know, as a police officer, but that happens because there are so many different skills that we learn um, in that environment you know, going through the different training and things like that, that are transferable to civilian world in, in, let's say, law enforcement. And so understanding what skills may be transferable is important, too, if you're, you know, wanting to make a career change, or you're like the military, you're coming out of the military, well, what do you what are you going to do with that experience and skills and knowledge that you learn from the military, how are you going to translate that into the civilian life? Um, If you are a veteran or you are in the military and this is part of, you're finding yourself in that process right now, I encourage you to reach out to me. The military offers so many opportunities and, and to learn. And I think there's a lot of um, really intelligent and motivated people out there whose skills were utilized in the military, but maybe they're being underutilized in the civilian world right now. Um, There are many companies that love hiring veterans, and so I've actually come across many resources. So if this is you and you're struggling to find work, um, I encourage you to reach out to me because I have a lot of resources I could share in that regard. Um, But anyway... The most preferred skills are defined as a skill that you are good at and enjoy using. The keyword enjoy using. A skill a client hasn't had a chance to use yet, but believes they would enjoy using also. So like I said, you know, you may not have had the chance to do that certain thing, but you believe that you would enjoy it. So that's a preferred skill as well. A least preferred skill is defined as Um, something you're good at but you do not enjoy using. It is something you are not good at and do not enjoy using. And it's also something you may have haven't had the chance to use but you believe you would not enjoy using that skill. Now you can have a skill that you're not good at but you believe that you would enjoy. Could be something that we would work on or could be flagged for development. So then we would assess well what could you do to build your knowledge around that skill and gain more experience and things like that. Especially if it's a leadership role, you know, what are other ways in your community that you could get more familiarized with leadership roles or things like that, for example. So anyway, we have these, we go, there's a whole list of these skills and then we do some math and we figure out um, the total number of most preferred skills. We figure out total number of the least preferred skills and we calculate a percentage and and this percentage will tell us if you are a specialist 
or if you are a generalist where you like to wear many multiple hats at work. And then we can also determine, based on some calculations, if um, you are using burnout skills, too many burnout skills, or if you're being underutilized. So we really glean a lot of information from this part of the UMAP um, assessment. And you can actually see in different categories as well. For example, let's say most of your preferred skills might be, for example, expedite or make arrangements, manage time, plan or organize. That tells me that you love in, you love managing processes and projects. However, if you don't enjoy adapting to change or customer service or multitasking, these would probably be burnout skills under management process, under managing um, processes or projects. So those are things important to know because if you're going into a certain job, a new job, or you're looking to transition and customer service is like one of their main things and that's part of your job description and but that's a burnout skill for you that might not be the best role for you to take on and so all of these um it's it's not just a matter of spitting out this information and now you know what your skills are and and things like that there there's so much more to this and it's um a really deep assessment compared to probably many others that you've taken um, in how and what we do with the information. So it's not just, you know, it's like, okay, now I know this stuff, but now what? And for the work that I do with grievers, it's not enough to just know themselves. It's, it's, and for anybody in general, actually, it's not just grievers, but it's not enough for us to just know ourselves or know these things about ourselves and see it in black and white on paper in the UMAP, but it's what do I do with this information? And so this is where the coaching comes in. And there are three different levels to the coaching. You can just get the UMAP, which involves no coaching whatsoever, or you can get the UMAP and a mini debrief, which is a brief overview, or you can go through the full coaching that goes through every pillar more in depth specific to your UMAP. And so that's where they differ a little bit, but just having this knowledge is great. And But again, it's how do you implement it in your life? How do you use this information as a guide moving forward as, you know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? A roadmap moving forward and on something to fall back on to discern opportunities as they come your way or even to assess relationships in your life um, if you know, you know maybe your loved one maybe you want him or her or you know someone special in your life to take the UMAP and you can gain a better understanding of each other right before you dive into marriage or I mean it's a really great way to um talk about what it is that you bring to the relationship individually. And I did touch more on a lot more on that on in the last episode. So again, I encourage you to go back to that one. So now that we've talked a little bit about skills, let's move on to personality. So the fourth pillar explores your personality and the interests 
aspect of the personality is determined by the person's traits. So in the UMAP, we use um, a personality inventory, and there are six different interest types. Realistic, which are the doers. Investigative are the thinkers. The artistic type are the creators. The social type are the helpers. The enterprising type are the persuaders. And the conventional type are the organizers. Now, for example, I am artistic investigative. So those two together makes what's called the idealist. I am the creator and the thinker. So how the UMAP uses the descriptor words for artistic investigative are intensely verbal, private, opinionated, somewhat antisocial, highly idealistic, perpetually thinking, um, extremely perceptive, and the idealist is most fascinated by the work that is in their head, exploring ideas and creating. They are soulful, deep thinkers, and they are also passionate. They need intellectual challenge and creative stimulation, or their minds tend to wander. And you would be amazed when you actually get your UMAP how spot on it is. And this is, this is me to a T. They have very high standards and ideals and crave being alone, which I do. Um, They need autonomy to think and create, which I do. They tend to work long hours to see an idea through to completion. I do. Idealists are, are intellectually curious and need to be challenged. And any work that involves repetitive tasks is a bad fit. So is highly technical work or anything that involves working directly with customers, (laughs) which I work directly with clients, but working in customer service when in my younger years definitely taught me a lot. Um, But I definitely um, need, and it's not that I hate customers. I don't, it's not that I dislike customers. I see my clients as my customers, of course, but um, it's, those short-term interactions where you really don't get to connect with people. I'm much more of a let's connect more deeply one-on-one or in a small group. And, you know, it's just very different dynamic. So what the UMAP personality type gives you is kind of like really what what is your best match for um, the type of work that you could be doing. So we take these six um, interest type and I'll go over just each of them briefly um, again uh, more in depth Uh, so the realistic or the doers um, individuals with a realistic career code tend to prefer work that involves practical hands-on solutions to problems they value things they can see touch and use they'd rather work with their hands than sit behind a desk for example Um, And then we also get occupation samples or, you know, different ideas for occupations based on the different um, interest types. So the realistic or the doer would be the ambulance driver, EMT, technicians, veterinarians, things like that. Uh, Investigative, the thinkers, uh, those with an investigative career code are intellectual, curious, and reserved, and they like to solve problems and engage in challenges in their work. They do not like routine work that forces them to check their brain at the door. 
Um, in fact, their work often involves ideas and heavy mental lifting. So they also tend to avoid careers that involve leading or influencing people and selling. So some ideas for the investigative thinkers are uh, fire investigators, registered nurses, software developers, um, analysts, uh, market research um, analysts, database architects, things like that. I, which really is funny because I really geek out over like kitchen gadgets and like any any types of gadgets, <laughs> and I love learning new software. So that is totally me. Artistic creators, this type of code, they're imaginative, creative, original, independent, and expressive. In general, they tend to avoid work that involves highly structured or routine activities. And these individuals are inspired to create, whether through activities such as music, writing, drawing, dance, photography, or art, which in my previous years, I had a photography business. Um, So it's kind of interesting, you know, reading through these and recognizing like, oh, I used to do that. And, you know, it's like, it's not that we don't know ourselves. It's like, we know these things intuitively, but it's like, we don't understand ourselves like why do I do the things I do this the UMAP helps explain that moving on to social the helpers individuals with a social career code are interested in serving society and making a difference in people's lives they like to help people and their work is often uh, centered around people uh, like social careers um, nonprofits education healthcare. they are helpful friendly loyal, generous, you know, these are our teachers, dietetic technicians, midwives, health educators, patient representatives, for example. Moving on to enterprising, the persuaders. These individuals deal often deal with business, leadership, or politics, involved in making decisions, starting up and carrying out projects, selling ideas or things, They are generally energetic, ambitious, dominant, outgoing, and and competitive. So think about financial services, sales reps, CEOs, judges, human resource specialists, supply chain managers, people in charge, basically. The conventional, the organizer type, are the glue that holds organizations together. They provide structure, process, in order that all organizations need to run smoothly. People with this career type are generally methodical, detail-oriented, cautious, organized, responsible, and quality-oriented. So for example, insurance claim clerks or medical secretaries, accountants, pharmacy techs, loan officers, research assistants, or financial analysts. So these six personal personality types uh, provide a glimpse into a person's internal, interpersonal, and environmental preferences. Uh, and when we hone in on their two strongest codes, for example, like I mentioned, mine are artistic and investigative, you, more specific preferences are then revealed. And so then we take this information, all of this information, your strengths, your values, your skills, and your personality inventory type, and you have what's called a workbook. And the workbook is where you really answer questions that integrate this information more deeply. It helps you gain a better understanding 
and assimilate all of this information because it is a lot of information that you receive in a UMAP. Um, we also have what's called deal makers and breakers. It's a, a worksheet for that. We have an ideal day worksheet. There is so much information that um, you receive with the UMAP. It's not just this assessment you take and you get this printout and and then it goes in a drawer and it sits for, for years and years. This is something that you can use in your daily life, like I said, in your relationships for better understanding and probably nurturing compassion because in understanding that we're all different, you can be more compassionate towards others. In your grief, like if you've lost a breadwinner in the household, like what are you going to do now, right? Like if you have to go out and get a second job or you have to get a job maybe for the first time after many years of not being in the workforce because now you have to go to work um, for whatever reason or you've you know been a stay-at-home parent and now you're going to enter the workforce again after being home with your kids for a while there are so many different scenarios where we find ourselves having to reinvent our lives reinvent ourselves maybe you've had a change in health and there the career that you had you can no longer physically do that but what can you do there is something else you can do you can still contribute to the world you can still make a difference in people's lives and and as long as you're not dead you still have something to contribute you can still contribute to the world you can still contribute to your life and you can create your life with this information armed with this information how you see it how you want to see it that fits you who you are and where you are in your life and how you want to move forward and this is the whole goal of do grief differently in the UMAP together is moving forward onward and upward in a positive direction and creating lasting transformational change that leads you to have a fulfilling, soulful, self-honoring life. Because when we honor who we are, what we get back is joy. How can it be any other way? If you're interested in the UMAP, you want to learn more, there's a link on my website, or you can email me, victoria at theunleashedheart.com, if you are interested in working with me and receiving your UMAP and diving deeper. If you are a veteran or you're in the military and you're going to be exiting soon, coming into civilian life and you're kind of feeling overwhelmed, like what are you going to do? This is perfect for you. Um, we actually have a specific workbook that is specific for military personnel. If you're an entrepreneur or if you one that's geared more towards life coaching, there's a specific workbook for your specific situation. Um, if you are looking for employment, there's a workbook specific for that. So lots of information to share and help help you process. And I'm more than happy to do that and be there for you in that journey. And I hope this was helpful and maybe you understanding, yeah, there really is a lot more to us as human beings. They're, we're complex. We're so complex. And any tool that can help us better understand and just kind of make sense of everything, the better off we are for it and those we love. I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode if you haven't yet and check out my website for more information and reach out to me because life's too short 
to be staying in a cubicle you don't want to be in or doing something that is sucking the joy out of your life, right? And perhaps like me, you'll receive the UMAP and it'll be life affirming. Like I am doing exactly what I am meant to be doing. This is a perfect fit for me. And that's what the UMAP did for me. It was very life affirming. But what it also did then was it gave me the language to articulate what it is that I really do. Thank you for listening. And remember, when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love.
from my heart to yours. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend. Thank you.